welcome to the First Intuition Podcast. On this episode, we talk about finding time to study. Dave and I discuss time management hints and tips. We recorded the session in front of a live Zoom audience, and if you'd like to join a future show, you can register. There will be a link in the show notes. Well, good evening. Hello, everybody. I say good evening to the live listeners. If you're listening to the podcast, it could be any time of the day. My name is Ben Bullman. I am a tutor director at FI, and I'm joined again this evening by my good friend, colleague, and top bloke, David Malthouse. Good evening, Dave. Evening, Ben. How are you this week? Good, thank you, Dave. So this week I've done lots of teaching. I've been teaching courses in Peterborough. I've actually been teaching in Cambridge today. And for those that are watching live, you'll see the visual because we have our webcams on for the live studio audience. I'm actually doing the session today from my car. We're talking about time management and I've had to do a bit of time management planning this evening. My eldest daughter's got a cricket match, her first cricket match of the season. And I said, I will definitely be there to watch it. So I had to leave the office once I finished teaching, drive to the cricket ground, and then I'm in the car park currently logging on before when we're finished, I'm going to go and watch a game of cricket. Hopefully, it's a nice evening at the moment and the weather will hold for them. How are um, you doing, Dave? I'm fine. And on that time management note, um, I, I will be, when we finish today, going off to, to play some hockey in our, our summer hockey league. Um, and I need to finish at a very, very precise time. So we are very, we're going to be effectively managing our time so that we can go through everything that we need to help students to balance their work and their busy schedules with studying for an exam. But we've got to do that in a very tight time frame, Ben. I think that, you know, if we can't do this, we're probably not the people to be giving advice about time management. Exactly. We're going to be doing it for real, put to the test in front of the, the live audience. So something that we've both done, myself and Dave have done some additional training and also encouraged, particularly Dave does, coaching other members of the FI team on some business techniques from Sandler training. And something that we've learned from our training from Sandler is the concept of the upfront contract. Something I'd like just to explore for a couple of moments because you've effectively just started a bit of one there. If ever you are under time pressure, it's a really good and actually a fantastic tool to use at the start of a meeting, the start of a conversation. An upfront contract really sets the scene. If you've only got five minutes upfront with someone, say, look, I'm here. I've got five minutes. What specifically did you want to talk about? I wanted to cover this. What did you want to cover? Now, that has got a few purposes. One, it sets the tone. They know, look, Dave, Ben, they've only got five minutes. It also gives them buy-in. You've asked them what specifically they wanted to talk about, and you can use that as a bit of an agenda. Not every call or meeting has a formal agenda, but you can get one set up right at the start of the call. So if you're short on time, it's very good to start with that. Up front, a contract that says, this is how long we've got. Is that okay with you? And what specifically did you want to cover? And if we can't get through it all, when can we then catch up again? Something that I know you've used on numerous occasions, both with internal calls and meetings that we've had, Dave, and also when you're speaking to people externally. 
Um, so you're saving that time out at the beginning and saying, I've got 10 minutes or, you know, I've got 15 minutes scheduled in my diary for this. Um, and I wanted to cover X, Y, Z. What is it that you wanted to get out of this? Uh, and then hold people to that. It's really good for managing your time in those conversations when they could quite easily drift and go on for half an hour, three quarters of an hour. So, yeah, I, 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 I fully agree. And it's you know, really good when, you know, your, your, your mum calls or, you know, so, someone that you know, actually, this could go on for a while. And if you're busy, it's like, sorry, mum, I've only got 15 minutes. OK, you know, how can I help you? <laughs> it's a bit more formal a business like, but it is it is something that can stop you from, you know, sometimes, you know, burning time. And I think this happens particularly at work where we end up filling a meeting you know, for half an hour, three quarters an hour, because we don't want to be rude, but setting out up front, look, I've only got this amount of time uh, and make sure everyone is aware of it and everyone signs up to it. Really, really good tip. I think people are fearful of doing it because they come across as too business-like and potentially rude. Genuinely, I've not had that experience. Doing it up front, I think people actually welcome. It sets the tone, it sets the terms. And actually when people have done it to me, I've been really grateful brilliant you've actually solved a problem for me we've got 50 minutes let's get down to business and this is not going to drag on and drag on for extra 15 minutes 20 minutes before you know it we've been going for an hour when we could have got that wrapped up in the initial 15 so a nice tip and something we wanted to start with this evening but let's bring it back more to study related time management Dave, I know you've got a few ideas and things you wanted to share and we will explore together and chat over. So where would you like to start with some advice or some thoughts for our students with regards to managing their study time? I think as, as I've said, with, with kind of pretty much any form of, of study planning, the, the first thing to do is to actually sit down and take some time to work out what you're going to do and when to actually actually plan for your time. And I, I, you know, we're looking at this particularly in the context of people who have busy lives. So, you know, if you, if you don't have a busy life and you can fit hours of study into every day, you probably don't need to listen to half of these tips. But for most of us, we, we've got busy lives. We've got lots of things going on. So for, first of all, I, I would look at um, how much time you have in a week. And I, I would go back to my friend from management accounting, zero based budgeting. And I would start with, you know, your, your, your diary of the week. And I would start by just blocking out all of the things that you have to do. So we work. So let's put in our five days of work. OK, let's put in our nine to five hours you know, in the working week. Um, we've got to commute there and back. OK, so we've got maybe a drive for 45 minutes there, drive for 45 minutes back. You know, you're not going to be doing exam questions in that time. So let's put that time in. You know, let's put the time you wake up in there. Let's put your time for having your breakfast in there. Um, let's put all of the kids sports clubs, you know, in the evenings in there. Let's put, you know, going out on Friday night with your friends, because let's face it, if you're not having some kind of social life, then, you know, you, you, this study is not going to feel like it's worthwhile. So you've got to put the things that you love in there as well. You know, weekends for me it's like taking my daughter to stage school that would need to go in there taking my son to play cricket that would go in there you know am I you know do I go around to my parents to have a Sunday lunch every day every Sunday let's put that in there so let's fill up our, our, our diary with the things the commitments that we've got and the things that we have to do and you know the, the reason I kind of say zero basis is because it's very easy to say, I'll get up in the morning, have breakfast, go to work, you know, then after work, I, I don't really get a chance to sit down and study till 8.30 at night. And 
if you just did that and said that's what I currently do well how much of that time is spent just scrolling through your mobile phone you know spending 20 minutes just looking through your mobile phone aimlessly how much of it is spent watching something on Netflix how much of it is spent going down a, a rabbit hole on YouTube there's loads of ways that you could be burning your time that if you just say this is what I currently do you, you're not really exposing that time that's available to you so do it from a zero-based approach and then I would look at where could I fit study in where could it, it is there 15 minutes before you before you leave to work that you could spend 15 minutes working and I tend to think 10 to 15 minutes if you can find a 10 or 15 minute block of time that's something you could be using for studying so you know you get a lunch hour you spend half an hour eating your lunch but maybe you've got 20 minutes at the end of lunchtime where you could do something and maybe you've got a little bit of time after work while you know you're you know you're waiting because you finish work at at 5 30 but your train doesn't leave till six o'clock and it only takes you 15 minutes to get to the station so you've got 15 minutes worth of time have you got 20 minutes half an hour in the evening what i really love is finding those gems of can you find two hours somewhere if you can find two hours on a Sunday, that's amazing. Okay, so look for, you know, where are the blocks of time? Now, if you haven't got many of them and, you know, you've only got a very small amount of time every week, I would just think carefully about, you know, how, how much time can I dedicate every week? And what does that equate to? Does that equate to me doing one exam every, every three months? You know, or is there not really enough time to prepare for that? And is it better to actually say I'm going to do one exam every six months? And yeah, it's going to take you longer to qualify, but you're going to be more likely to succeed if you are actually giving yourself a realistic amount of time. Um, the other thing that, that, that I'll do once we've done that is, and Ben, I think you've got some ideas on this, is, you know, are there any ways that we can make time that we're doing other things actually productive study time? And I think you were talking about mowing the lawn and making mowing the lawn a study exercise lots of ways i don't like the term multitasking but i like the the clever and constructive use of time so yeah mowing the lawn well there's nothing stopping you when i'm mowing the lawn i might be listening to music could i actually listen to a lecture an online lecture where i'm not watching it but i can listen to it and i'm still taking it in when i'm on the commute actually you mentioned driving to work and i know not everybody's in the position they've got a choice but could you actually look and say, well, could I get the train two mornings a week? And while I'm on the train, I can actually take my study folder and I found an extra half an hour of study time that I didn't have if I'm sat in my car. Even driving. We heard someone before we came on air talking about recording themselves, talking through their notes. Well, actually, could you play that back? Could you listen to an online lecture or the podcast whilst you're driving? So if you're thinking about that, just think about, is there any clever uses of time? I've done a bit of clever use to time. I'm sitting in the car park. The cricket match has just started by the look of it. They're warming up. And now we're thinking about I'm still doing something with that time. Now, that takes planning. It takes discipline and a bit of advanced warning. I think where you hit the nail on the head is actually writing it out. Too many students say I can find four hours a week. And then you challenge them to say, right, when? And they a bit kind of go back and say, oh, 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 not sure. That's not good enough because you won't be committed to that. You need to go through and say, I can find four hours because I'm going to do half an hour there on a Monday and make it specific. Don't say half an hour before breakfast. 
or half an hour after dinner because that's too general. That's easy to fudge. You've got to be disciplined and say, look, I'm going to get up at six o'clock on Monday and do half an hour, six till 6.30 and make it very much a, a practical use of that time, a visualization, a diary, a calendar, something where you've actually drawn it out. Excellent. I, I love that. And, and it's, you know, the more you think about some of the things you do, the more you think, yeah, there is the ability to um, to, to kind of you know, dual purpose that time, shall we say, rather than multi or the multitask it. Um, you know, I, I'm just thinking now of the the time that I've spent in sports centres watching my kids having swimming lessons where I, I haven't really watched them. I've just been daydreaming for 20 minutes when you know, you've got that 20 minutes from when they jump in the pool, you have to sit down and watch. Then 20 minutes later, you have to go into the change rooms to get ready for them. Now, I'm sure I could have used that 20 minutes far more fruitfully than I actually did. Um, and something that I know you, you talked about, and it's, it really stuck with Ben, we talked about before we came on air, was the, the idea of the value of 15 minutes. Um, and, you know, could you just explain what do you mean by the kind of like the value of that 15 minutes? Sure. So, so I think if you went to most students and said, could you find 15 minutes of study time four days a week? I think most people would say, yeah, I can find an extra 15 minutes. I'm happy to set my alarm 15 minutes earlier and get up and do 15 minutes of study four days a week. Or I can find an extra 15 minutes in the evening. Maybe I'll cut back on watching a telly program or something. 15 minutes, four days a week doesn't sound like a massive extra commitment but it's all in the power of multiples accountancy finance students are good at numbers if you work out 15 minutes four days a week that's an extra hour a week if you've got eight weeks before you're planning to sit an exam you've just found an extra eight hours of study that's a whole day in the classroom when me and dave and colleagues at fi are teaching whole days in class eight hours is a lot of extra time but breaking it down into those smaller chunks means it's much more realistic and manageable to find it. So see if you can think, where could I find an extra 15 minutes, four days a week? If you can get it in bigger chunks and say, actually, I can find an extra hour, you've done it in one go. But I think 15 minutes, when you were talking any less than 15, 10 minutes, and it's not really going to be constructive, is it? I think 15 minutes is a nice block of time. And I think you were then going to go on, Dave, and start thinking about, right, if I've only got 15 minutes, what might be the best use of those precious minutes that I've found in my busy schedule? The thing that struck me with your your 15 minutes and that, that whole, whole idea of, of multiples is that it, in 15 minutes, Ben, could you learn enough to get one short form question in an ACCA exam could you learn enough to answer one question, one short form question? Yeah, I think you certainly could. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you could, if you wanted to, you could take one short form question from an ACCA syllabus and you could do the question and you could get it wrong and you could then go to the relevant part of the notes and you could research that area. In 15 minutes, you could do that. You could research a single ACCA question and be absolutely certain that you would get it right next time. Okay. And how many marks do those questions give you? Usually those ACCA ones, you get two marks per question. Absolutely, two marks per question. Do that four times a week. Do that four times a week. That's two times four. That's eight. Okay. Eight weeks times by eight. That's 64 marks. 
Okay, so you've, you've got enough knowledge to get 64 marks worth of question just by carving out 15 minutes four times a week over the course of eight weeks. Now, you could make that five 15-minute blocks. You can make that six 15-minute blocks, seven, eight, nine, 10 15-minute blocks. The more of those little blocks you could get, then the more of those little two-mark questions that you can get right. And then when it comes to the exam, you're going to be so well-placed to attack those short-form questions. And for those of, those of you that are listening that don't understand that, the ACCA exams and many of the exams now are split into short questions that carry one or two marks, sometimes three or four in some of the exams, and then another section of the exam are much, much bigger, longer questions that are like 25 marks long in total spread, spread across a number of different requirements. Many AC, AAT exams are like that as well, aren't they? They've got these big, chunky questions. So those 15 minutes worth of time, you can do things like that. You can pick on a single question, or in 15 minutes, you can read three sections of, what, of your notes. You can read you know, about activity-based costing, 15 minutes, you, you could easily read about activity-based costing in 15 minutes and its applications or its drawbacks. So in 15 minutes, you can learn individual bits of syllabus, okay? or you, you, you can study those bits of syllabus. The thing that we all know really prepares people well for an exam is attacking full-length exam standard questions to time. We talked about it two weeks ago. We've talked about it countless times. We know the impact that practicing exam questions has on people's results. Okay, it's the, the single biggest factor in improving your results is practicing exam standard questions. You can't do a 25 mark question in 15 minutes. Okay, no one can do that. You, you, you know, you're not going to have a good attempt at it. You're not going to be able to get all the way through it. You're going to get frustrated. You're not going to have time to properly debrief it. You need to give yourself time to do it. So when I said, if you find that precious two hours, make the most possible use of that two hours you can. And that to me is, even if it's eight weeks before the exam and you don't feel you know the syllabus, use that two hours to do question practice. Now, even if you've only studied 20% of the syllabus, do an exam question on that 20% of the syllabus, because you are not going to be able to fit that exam practice when you've only got 15 minutes. Okay, so make sure you're making the best use of it. So it's almost work backwards. Where are the big, big bits of time and allocate the big bits of time to question practice? The small bits of time, allocate that to learning bits of syllabus. And my, my preferred way of learning bits of syllabus is to, to attack those little questions. Let's do a little question. If I don't know the answer, that's a bonus because then I can go and research that error and make sure I get it right next time. Okay, so... The, the big rocks, the big gems of time, use them as effectively as you can and then almost work backwards. Um, I would always have, you know, if you, if you are very busy like I am taking kids everywhere, I would always have my notes with me. OK, it's, you know, either have them in the car with you, have them in a bag with you. Just be prepared to say, right, I've got 10 minutes now while the kids are getting changed after playing rugby. I'm going to have 10 minutes waiting for them in the car, reading through chapter three. Fantastic, fantastic ideas about the precious nature of that time and therefore getting maximum value from it. As you were talking, a few things were jumping into my mind. The first one, the time for questions. You're exactly right. Question practice is the best preparation for the exam, but it's the most painful to do and it requires the biggest amount of time. I've been teaching a revision class today for ACCA, but the same would apply for any of the qualifications. And we've done one question to complete exam time. I had to find 45 minutes in class today to say, right, you're going to start it now and you're going to finish it then. 
But even that, we had a clock on the wall and it was very much, look, there is your 45 minutes. No wasting five minutes to get started or finishing early. You have got 45 minutes. So make the most of it. Do your question and then hand it in to me. And I've actually got a few in my bag that I'm going to mark this evening. Now, we didn't have question time to do all of the questions today in full. So if you are short on time, what I did for two other questions was saying, look, you need to have a good amount of time to thoroughly read it and think about the points that you would put into your answer. But I think that would be half the time you would have in the exam for that question, the kind of reading it, the planning it, getting your ideas together with the other half to then actually go and put the detail into it. So if you are really short for time, give yourself half the exam time and then do a plan, a detailed read through of the requirements and the plan. And that will get you more questions done in the same amount of time. The second thing was your 15 minute chunks, Dave, and you really need to get full value from them. And what I fear students might do in a 15 minute study block is spend the first five minutes faffing around in their notes, working out what am I actually going to study? And before you know it, I've now only got 10 minutes left before I need to go and pick the kids up from wherever they were. Or I've only got 10 minutes left before I've got to go and meet my friend for a coffee. So if you're only going to have 15 minutes, sit down at the start of the week, allocate those 15 minutes, but also plan out exactly what you're going to cover. Is it 15 minutes on Wednesday where I'm going to cover those two pages on ethics in my study folder? Is it the 15 minutes on Friday I'm going to spend learning the accounting treatment of goodwill or something, whatever it is relevant to the subject you're studying? But if your time is limited, I know too many students that waste the first section of that study time by thinking, what am I going to study? Where am I up to in my notes? Oh, before you know it. I've read three words and now the pressure's on again because I need to leave and go and do something else. That's really disheartening. You will feel frustrated because you'll feel I've just wasted 15 minutes there. So make sure you've got a plan, not only when, but also what you are going to study this week. Uh, I, I like that. And it's something that, you know, that, that in terms of planning that time out, in terms of which areas you're going to be studying and things like that i mean for a bit of inside inside information for people is that when, when i'm planning to teach something for the very first time and i'm going back to the, the very first time we started running courses at first intuition so before there have been you know anyone else before me to run a particular course and um, my planning would be would be uh, i would say say i had four days for my course first thing i look at is the syllabus and say right how many syllabus sections are there OK, right. There are five syllabus sections here. So that means that roughly my initial plan will be uh, I need to cover at least one syllabus area every single day. OK, some it's somehow I've got to get through five syllabus areas across four days. So my initial thoughts are one per day. So I'm then looking at what's the size of those individual syllabus areas. Right. I can see the first one's really big. That's going to take me a full day. But I can see at the end there's two quite small syllabus areas that I, I think I could fit into, you know, into a day on its own. And then the other two will fit in days two and days three. So I'm already starting to plan based on what I can see the syllabus length looks like. And you're going to be able to see this from your notes, from your textbook, you know, by the number of pages that you've got for each of them. So you, you can start then to, to, to work out how you're going to be spending them. Then what I would do is I would then you know, make sure as I go through each individual syllabus area, you know, I'm looking at the topics that are in there. 
and I'm looking at it from the perspective of, you know, is do I think that this is a technically difficult area or do I think this is something that technically isn't so challenging, maybe has a lot of learning in it? So as you said, Ben, you know, we all know that, you know, things like um, you know, group accounts are technically hard. OK, so we know that that's going to be quite a lot of learning to really comprehend and understand it. I also know that when it comes across your favourite ethics, technically, ethics isn't too difficult. However, there's a huge amount of learning that you need to go through to understand how to apply the different ethical principles. So there are very difficult, different ways that you would study for each of those things. Ethics is something I think that you could, in 15 minute chunks, ping off a different separate ethical principle and different threats to your ethical principles. Um, whereas group accounts, you probably need to allocate bigger chunks of time to. So when you're, when you're planning your studies, you know, look at, what is it I'm going to be studying? Don't blindly go, I'm going to start studying and I'll start at the beginning, I'll finish at the end. Look at what those chapters look like. It doesn't mean look at every single word of every chapter and read through it. Just look at the size of them, the length of them, flick through your notes and say, are there loads of calculations that I've got to do? That to me probably requires a bit more time than you know, a chapter that has lots and lots of lists of different things that you need to understand. So that, that will, should shape how you're going to be planning that study. And, and a similar point to that, and one that is slightly controversial, so we just have to be careful how we, we phrase this one, not everything in your study text or folder will carry an equal weight to the marks or the way it's examined and questioned in the exam. Now, in an ideal world, you will know every single chapter and every conceivable thing that the examiner could present you on the day of the exam. But that's an ideal world where time is unlimited. Unfortunately, we live in the real world and we have to do some rationing. Dave, from your financial management teaching, you will know about rationing things, usually rationing money or people's time or materials. We're thinking here, your study time. And actually, you have to sometimes make the tough decision. Personal tax AAT I was teaching earlier this week. I know there is one task in that exam on national insurance. And I think it's only four marks. Now, if you've got time, go and spend time looking at national insurance. But if your time is really, really limited, that's the sort of thing that you can say, look, that is not in its own going to be the reason that I pass and fail this exam. Now, I have to caveat that very, very carefully. This is not me and Dave saying you can get halfway through your notes and say at halfway stage, I should be able to get 50 percent in an exam. Sadly, it doesn't work like that. But it is worth speaking to your tutor. If you're a distance learning student, speak to your DL tutor. Stay back in class if you're in the classroom with your tutor for five minutes and say, look, Ben, my time is tight. Are there any things you say specifically I should go and look at? Got to be careful. What we're not doing there is question spotting. The examiners have cottoned onto this now and usually generate three or four different variants of an exam per sitting. So you can't say Goodwill's definitely coming up this time. But as tutors, we know things that you must know and we know things that would be nice to know going into the exam. Would you would you agree with that sentiment, Dave? Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, the things to look at for the, from that perspective are um, look at the examiner's guides. The examiner's guides will tell you loads of things about what the examiner thinks about the exam. So, you know, and, and it's not uncommon in exam guides for, for examiners to say, I will be continuing to examine this. 
And normally that's because it's a challenging question that people have trouble with. And the examiner wants to keep testing it because it's a really good differentiator between those people that are studying those people that haven't done the right level of study. And um, the other thing to watch out for is that in the um, for for AATs exams, AAT tell you the syllabus area that's going to be tested in each question. So we already know what's going to be in task one, what's going to be in task two. And you can look by the mark allocations at how important each area of the syllabus is based on the number of marks the examiner is giving for question one, for question two, for question three, and where the, where the syllabus areas are. The other lovely, lovely thing that the AAT do, and I don't know if, you, if you've spent much time looking at these, Ben, but the AAT have published what they call their learning outcomes. And have you seen the, the documents, the learning outcomes for each unit? Yeah. Yep. Okay. What that learning outcome is, okay, is it's a complete list of every question the examiner can ask you in the exam. Okay. If a, an examiner asks you a question that isn't on that list, okay, th then th they cannot ask you that question in the exam. You've got every right to complain and say the exam is unfair because they cannot ask you a question that's not one of those learning outcomes. So look at the AAT's learning outcomes because that will tell you the questions they're going to ask you. And yet, so it's probably about five or six pages, I think, for each unit of listing every single question. So it, it, if, if you're pushed for time, I would use that as a study guide. I'd use that as a question bank. I'd use that when I'm, you know, watching my kids swimming. I'd be thinking, right, learning outcome three. Can I answer that question? If not, that's what I need to look at. And that's what I need to read about while my kids are learning breaststroke. Fantastic. I'm, I'm rapidly typing away. I've got live students asking, where can I go to get an examiner's report that Dave's talking about? The examiner's reports are usually posted up on the websites for the awarding bodies. So if you go onto the AT website or the ACCA, the SEMA website, you'll quite often find the examiner's report. We quite often reference them or put links to them in our study materials, but you should be able to go and find those online. Google it. Google is fantastic for that kind of stuff. However, Google is often our enemy when it comes to time management. Um, Dave, something you mentioned before we came on air, very keen to avoid students going down rabbit holes when they get sucked into topics in their study. I don't know if you wanted to elaborate more on what you have seen students do that have cost them dear study time. Uh, it's not just students, Ben. I'm, I think yours truly can be guilty of this as much as anyone else. Um, they, it, it, this, this is generally how it will go is um, someone will be studying and they'll come across something that they find challenging or they don't quite understand and they think I'm going to look elsewhere to find my answer. We're all good so far. Okay, so maybe it is cost of capital. Hey, I don't fully understand cost of capital. So I'm going to open up a browser and I type into Google cost of capital. I hit enter. Now, what normally happens is you get a load of um, websites that are linked to kind of investment banking and um, to um, kind of academic theses and things like that. And you, you look, you click a few links and you end up going, this is confusing me even more because they're using terminology I don't understand because this is written from the banking or the insurance perspective. Now, what, what I do then, and I'm guilty of this as much as anyone else, is that I look at a few confusing web pages and then I look at the top of Google and it says like, there's a little tab that says videos. And I think, ah, oh, brilliant videos are going to help me because videos will be someone teaching me and I respond better to someone teaching me rather than reading stuff so I click on videos and then first of all I find 
lecture on cost of capital. So brilliant. Let's click on that and watch that. And I start watching it, but I don't really get on with the person that's presenting it because they're explaining it in a way that, that, I, that I don't understand. Or they've got a really boring voice. Or there's something that I don't like about the way they present it. But Google, I mean, now I'm on YouTube. I'm away from Google, aren't I? And YouTube's got that brilliant thing, hasn't it? It's like, if you like that video, here's a list of three other things you might like. So I see a nice shiny video that looks brilliant. So I've watched that video. Brilliant. I've seen a nice shiny video. Things are a bit clearer, but there's another video that says real life example. Before you know where you are, you spent an hour and a half watching loads of fun videos that make it feel like you're learning stuff, but you're drifting further and further away from the focus of your exam. So that, that's why I'm always concerned about you know people kind of moving away from their textbook and saying, well, I, I really want to understand this. Okay, well, what we should be doing is saying, right, that, that's a problem right now. Let's move on to section two of these notes and let's attack a different syllabus area rather than just getting that drift away from your notes. And you feel like you're doing stuff. You feel like you're being productive, but it's not helping you with the exam. So it's something that I mean, I'm so bad at it. You know, I, I, I will at home, you know, it, it's kind of like you know, my wife will say, oh, the lawn's looking like looking quite bad as it is right now. We should do something about that. And I'll spend an hour and a half researching lawn care and not really coming up with any solutions as to what I should do. You know, I could have gone to the garden centre, had a chat to the bloke at the garden centre or the lady at the garden centre, come back with someone who treated the lawn in the time that it took me to go down that YouTube rabbit hole. So absolutely don't get sucked into that. Really laser focus on your time. And, and that lawn analogy gets me thinking, use your tutor speak to your tutor if you're a distance learning student email your tutor and say look i'm really struggling with that i'm going to move on but when we've got five minutes could you just give me some more background on that and actually the tutors will be very much driven by look this is what you need to know for the exam not youtube that might give you lots of interesting facts but actually not the exam focus that you need i've seen this a lot with students i teach the law units there are, are law units and actually it's coming into the new AAT syllabus. There'll be much more on law. Law is really interesting. I find it fascinating to go and research cases. But actually, before you know it, I've wasted a whole hour that's not constructive towards the actual topic for the exam. I've kind of gone down that, that rabbit hole. So be very focused. And that's why, and I'm big enough, our online materials here, we don't usually plug the FI study package. You might not be studying with first intuition, but our online lectures are usually limited to anywhere between eight to about 15 minutes would be the longest ones you would find, because we know that's succinctly a kind of study time. That's a perfect amount of time. That means you don't get dragged into something for hours and hours and hours. That's not a constructive use of your time. I can see a comment in the chat box about structuring your study. Now, study works differently for everybody. We have done some previous episodes, so go back and look over the podcast library. But we've done some on study planners. Our usual approach is learn it from your notes, then practice questions, and then keep the question practice up on that chapter whilst you go and start learning the next chapter. Start questions earlier. The tasks are more exam style questions. So start doing those and then the mocks you do as your final stage of preparation. But if you listen to the session that myself and Dave did a couple of weeks ago about mocks, our advice was do one earlier than you would naturally think you should do. So get onto your mocks with a good 
four or five weeks to go before your planned exam date. So you've got time to then react to anything they throw up or anything you need to do. But all of that is relevant to time because it needs planning right from the start. Plan the week in detail, but also have a plan for the next four or five weeks to know where you should be up to. And the final thing I wanted to mention, we're right up against the clock and we promised we would finish on time, bearing in mind we were talking about time management, is if possible, and this is a big luxury, if you can try and build in one of those 15 minute sessions a week as a bit of a buffer, it can be very, very useful. Things crop up. You might have cancelled one of your 15 minutes earlier. So if you've got one that's just your buffer one, if you've done everything you need to do, you've just got 15 minutes that you can go and do something way more fun than study. But quite often a student would acknowledge I really needed that one bonus 15 minutes because I've cancelled one of my previous studies or there was something that it threw up that I've now got 15 minutes to go back specifically on. So if you can try and build in one 15 minute buffer session a week, I think you will get much more benefit out of that to feel I'm now back on track with my initial study plan. Dave, we are up against the clock and you need to go to play hockey, my friend. I can see the cricket match is about to start. So I'm going to run over and go and cheer my daughter on. Thank you, everybody who joined us live this evening. Thank you to everybody listening to the podcast. Please continue to download. Go back over previous episodes. There is a massive back catalogue there for you to explore. Thank you for sharing your time management tips with us this evening, Dave. I've really enjoyed having that chat. I think it's a useful reminder for us as well as for our students that time is precious and we can hopefully do some planning and some clever use of it. Absolutely, Ben. And the one thing that I would add is that whenever you write your study plan, whenever you, you plan for your time, make sure in, in, in every week you are planning something that you enjoy doing and you love doing because studying for eight weeks leading up to an exam. And if you haven't given yourself time to have fun, then um, it, 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 you will run out of steam. You know, life's for living. And I think you do need to give yourself some time to, to relax and time to do things that you really enjoy. So for me, it's going to play hockey this evening. For you, it's watching an awesome cricket game with your girl, that your girls are playing in. Okay, but without those kind of things, you know, life is a lot more dull and not as enjoyable. So, you know, yes, study is hard and you need to give time to it, but make sure you have time to, to look after yourself as well. Fantastic. Thank you all very much. Have a lovely week. And we will see you on the next episode of the First Intuition Student Report podcast and forum. Cheerio, everybody. Bye-bye.